All right. In the Clark Cave today, we got my homie, Rian. We're coming to do our book club talk. We're going to each be talking about a book we've been reading. And uh, talk about some interesting topics in each of the books and how we feel they relate to our lives and how they are, have important messages that pass on in real life and how we could apply this. Well, particularly my book, I'm going to talk about how we could apply some of these, um, I guess, hints and tips to helping us advance as a, as a black culture as well because... In my book, 33 Strategies of War, I feel like it, it has a lot of um, strategies that we can apply to how we approach our leveling up in society. So, without further introduction, here's Brian. <laughs> I don't know. So, my book is called Codependent No More. How to Stop Controlling Others and Start Caring for Yourself is by Melody Beattie. Melody Beattie. Um, Mike, you know what's an extra question? Your question first. Yeah, ask me a question. Um, Talk to me. So when you hear the word codependent, like what's the definition that I guess comes to your mind? Uh, when I hear codependent, I think of someone who needs the upliftment or support of others to feel like they can achieve things. Like, they depend on on others to, to keep them going, in a sense. So, if someone is codependent on someone else without that person or those people they're not living really up to their full potential you done? yeah <laughs> okay do you want to read the um well the, I want to know first your definition alright what's your definition of codependent so after further reading the book um I think it's complex like what you said is correct but it's also like deeper than that okay. I think um codependency or just even the term codependent period is like it's like medical jargon like if, if you would call it that is like kind of a word that was made up I wouldn't even say medical like cool. psych it's like a professional psych yes, like okay. psych, psych jargon okay. not, not even in the medical like it really is like a mental I won't say a disorder, but some people will say that. Like, you definitely have people that say, like, codependency is, like, a mental disorder. So, mm. um, seriously. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, so, I can see um, that. I can see that. My definition would be obsessively trying to control and fix others to feel some sense of value or purpose in life. Okay. Yes. Okay. See, I was reading it as 
you needing other people around to help uplift you. But you're saying it's more so you're trying to find people who need fixing in order to make yourself feel important or feel like you have purpose. That's your purpose yeah, to yeah, fix I would say others. Because I don't even want to say... I mean, like I said, it's so complex and some people do feel like they don't have no purpose if they don't help others. Like, mm-hmm. literally, a mother could be a codependent to her children. Yeah. Like, or... It don't even have to be like a man and a woman like, oh, I feel like a lot, like when you hear the, of codependency, it's probably like a lot of women. It's like mm-hmm. female or females are codependent and mm-hmm. I can't live without that man. I can't breathe without right. that man. I can't like. Yeah, yeah, that aspect of relationships. Men can be codependent too. Very and much so. And I feel like it probably is still more of a female thing because also when it talks about codependency in the book, it talks about like similar words or like synonyms and one is a caretaker okay or so, it, it talks about caretaking so and that's in the word that's applied generally to women yes women yep. are generally yep. the caretakers yep. Yep. nurturers so like. so let me ask you this to get even deeper on that do you feel now you said codependency is considered an illness I feel like it can. I feel like I. I that's lean how, towards it a little bit. That's how. Like, that's how people. That's how you feel like the book is kind of, kind of defining it. So now, do you feel like people feel that that illness applies to females in general? Like men, that's how we look, view females as being codependent beings. Like that's part of a a illness. No, because you know? like that's like a wheat. Like that's something that. You know, men, as we look for women, we want women that are caretakers mm-hmm. and good at keeping the home and good at taking mm-hmm. care of the children. Mm-hmm. But now, in today's society, how That's things are evolving, you know, is that something that is is a, is, is a hindrance to women mm-hmm. to be viewed as a caretaker now? Like, do you not, should women no longer be viewed as a caretaker? Should that be an equal role now? Like, should we both be viewed as caretakers? I don't think the book... That's really interesting that you did that. I don't think the book is... It don't have no... It's not gender-biased. So, no. like, it's not... It's it just really, talking about it wasn't, codependency, it's simply, period. Yeah. And also what I think is when you get deeper into the definition of a period mm-hmm. or, like, just what codependent behavior is, like, you'll see that it's not just caretaking. So, mm-hmm. caretaking is similar to the word, but it's not, like... A synonym uh, equal to like it's it's just it's right. very it's it's similar so I don't think it was like a you know like this is a new age like man we don't want to be codependent but it's just like that's not an equal so I don't think you can even interchange that that sentence right there and even say like you know yeah we still be caretakers and not codependent still, yeah right yep and then you know it's so crazy because like I told you earlier. My best friend bought this book for the both of us mm-hmm. because, like, like I told you, we are like the same person. And she says something when we were like, um, we was like texting, and she um, sent a voice memo, and she was like, "It's a thin line between codependency and compassion. Very, very thin line. Like, mm-hmm. if you slip up a little bit you in your compassion, you may be a little bit codependent. Yeah." And I was like, "Oh my God, I love it." Because like, it really is a thin line. Um, now, if that's if that thin line is the case, then let me ask you this. Then, 
And codependency, is a little codependency healthy in a relationship? Do you, if you are true partners in marriage and life, and that's your life partner, this is who you're going to be with for life, and you took that step together, you have kids, like, should you, should you not be a little codependent on each other? I think if it's equal. Is if it's it, equal, is it healthy? Sure. Is it healthy to be codependent at all? Based on what you're reading, because I haven't read the book, mm-hmm. so I just want to know: Do you think it's healthy to be codependent at all? Is that something that you should I not think there's strive not to be? Characteristics of codependency that are, are healthy to that have. Are healthy. Yeah, that are healthy to have. Like but not the whole thing. I don't think you should just be codependent. No, mm-hmm. like well, I don't think you Let me read the actual definition <laughs> of codependency here. So, this is from Google, <laughs> Wikipedia. Uh, says codependency is a behavioral condition in a relationship where one person enables another person's addiction, poor mental health, immaturity, irresponsibility, or underachievement. Among the core characteristics of codependency is an excessive reliance on other people for approval and a sense of identity. So, what did I say? So, I feel like that leans... And a little bit of, uh, I guess it touches both on both of our, both of our definitions mm-hmm. of it, because it's saying that you're an enabler, so that will touch on more like what you were saying is that you want to have people you could fix, but I don't feel like this is saying necessarily they're fixing that person. They're just mm-hmm. allowing that person or comforting that person in their condition and making them feel like they can continue that addiction or that mental health condition that or mental health area there and they're not really helping them through that they're just there you know so and then it says that among the core characteristics of codependency is an excessive reliance on other people for approval and a sense of identity so that's kind of what i was saying like you constantly looking for other people to help define who you are mm-hmm. or give you purpose mm-hmm. like you like you look for other people to tell you who you are like yeah man you're good you know I like how like how positive you mm-hmm. are I like this like you just look at that like yeah that's who I am mm-hmm. and you never really have your true character you're just going based off what everybody else is telling you okay. you know mm-hmm. so that's 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 how that's how I so I think both of our both of our definitions touch, touched in on what Wikipedia said mm-hmm. so I want to actually what is the point of your book what is the point of it it says codependent no more. So what what what's the point of of this book? Is it just defining codependence on a deep level, or is it telling you how to not be codependent? It definitely. <coughs> it, it, I think it both defines it, and it's it's trying to get you to stop being it. Cause like it, it's really like a bad thing when you think about it. Like if we got, I don't know. I feel like it's such a a long topic that could be talked on for like hours and hours and hours. We don't have hours and hours and hours. So, <laughs> so um, I think if you get deeper into the definition, that's when you'll see, like, why the author is saying, like, we don't want to be codependent. Like, we don't, we don't want to do it. Because I think for her in her instance, because I, she's talking from experience. Mm-hmm. So, I think in her instance, she refers a lot to, like I told you, um, alcoholics. So I'm guessing she was with like an alcoholic husband or right. whatever the case may be. And I think that's just her perspective on it. So she tries to 
like I don't know relate to people but it don't relate to me because I ain't never been with no alcoholic right. and yet I have you felt codependent yes yes like I feel like I feel codependent so right. it's just like I, I ain't never been with no alcoholic though right so it doesn't have to necessarily I guess like you said it doesn't have to be on that level I guess it, it could just be emotional codependent like you just have such an emotional attachment with somebody that you feel codependent on on them being around for you to feel like you know, all right, I could wake up today. Because I've heard people say, you know, they broken up with somebody and it's like it's hard for them. They can't get out of bed. They can't, they can't do anything because they don't have that person anymore. And they start, like, nosediving. Cause I'm they pregnant. Just, you know, it's like, it's true, though. Like, people really, really go through that. Really like, that like, like, it's, really it's like, people really can't get out of bed in the morning. Like, they really call out of work because they just... <laughs> Just sick to their stomach because they don't have the person they love anymore. So you hear? I was gonna say, do you hear a lot of more more females say this? Um, actually, as I've grown into my older years and talked to some friends, and as watching some of my male friends go through heartbreak, I've heard some guys talk about it as well. Really? Like, like I feel like you want to put that that stigma on females, but as guys, like yo, we get heartbroken too. This shit hurts, man. <laughs> Shit be hurting, like, I'm not gonna lie, I've been heartbroken before, like, that shit hurt. Like, it don't feel good. It really, it doesn't feel good, and I feel like, the only reason why I asked that is because, like, the way you said it was like, yeah, people really be, people really be, but you wasn't making it like, you know, like, oh my gosh, like, I'm really going through, and I don't know, I just feel like, unless you've gone through certain stuff, you, you can't, can't, you really can't speak it. to it, like, yeah. you really, like, that nah, shit really hurt, like, I've been through heartbreak a couple times, so, I know... I know what the feeling feels like, mm-hmm. and it's like, ah, uh, it's a disgusting feeling. It's but just, you gotta, you gotta bad. have the mental strength to break it, and the spiritual foundation to bring yourself out mm-hmm. of that. You know, because a lot of the time people just don't have any kind of spiritual foundation, mm-hmm. so they don't, and they don't have friends or family to turn to. So you get real lost real mm-hmm. quick like that, mm-hmm. and people just start nosediving. That's yeah. when you start staying yeah. in bed all day. You can't get out. You don't know what to do oh with yourself. Gosh. You know, really, so that's, really that's crazy. Cruel. Like yes, why would someone ever feel that's like that? That's that codependency. Oh right my there. gosh, it's real. It's real. No, look, that's I that don't emotional know. codependency. I feel right like. There. I feel like. I feel like what I really wanted to do, like, just in having this pocket, like, sitting here and talking, I wanted to, like, change, like, what people's view on the definition was. Like, maybe if you could see it in a different light or just, like, maybe you just were like, oh, okay, like, that's what it is. Like, because I feel like people just... I feel like people just use the word like they just like, throw it around. Yeah, they just throw it around. I really think this is a mental disorder. Right. Like it's not. It's not like you said. I've had a couple heartbreaks. I've had a few heartbreaks. Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's not like a. Okay, I'm only codependent when I'm in relationships. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a no. I'm codependent with my mom, with my yeah. dad, with my kids, with strangers, with this. Like it's really like a every single day like mm, okay. i'm displaying code okay so i see what you mean you know how they say um insanity is basically doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. results right yes that's what codependents are crazy like they are really insane because mm. all right i think so what the author was saying is some people think it's a disorder because all right Say in a relationship, 
female, this guy. I'm gonna say he cheat. That was so cliche. That <laughs> was so cliche. Hey, listen, it happened. We're gonna say he cheat. Um, we're gonna say she stay. We're gonna say it keep happening over and over again. She finally leave him. She give it a guy like exactly like him. Mm -hmm. Okay, happens again. They break up. She give it a guy that's exactly like him. Like, and while in the relationship, She's, she thinks she can fix him. She thinks she can make him not a cheater. Right. She thinks she can make him not cheat. You change. literally are doing the same thing over and over again. Right. And I think for codependence, what makes it bad is they do it. I'm going to speak on me personally. Mm-hmm. Just me knowing you as, like, I guess a co worker. If you called me one day, like, oh my God. I need help. Like I'm, this, I'm come running. Mm-hmm. That's a codependent. Mm-hmm. I don't even know you like right. that. But let me just help you. Yeah. Like let me find right. a solution. Find, I'm gonna find the me, problem. Let me for be the problem you. solver. Right. And that's that's what it is. Like right. and even if it's not a problem solver, let me help you get healthy. Let right. me help you get. And I think that's where it, that's that like sense of identity, sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like. Everybody knows me as somebody that's dependable. Yes, right. everybody knows me as somebody they can call whenever. Like, and you, that it, it do make you feel good. Mm-hmm. It truly does make you feel good. Like, it's like an addiction. It it really is. Like, if people, not even if people just say nice things about me, because the thing is, they really not saying it just to say it. They're being dead serious right. because you're literally always there. Like, right. so it, I don't know. I don't know. I take kindness. Like, I'm really serious about it, and mm-hmm. I really just feel like. Like really, just be kind to people. Like yeah. be nice to people. It don't cost nothing to be that's nice. Awesome. It don't cost yeah. nothing to make somebody smile. Like yeah. brighten up their day. Like you never know what a person is going through. Yeah, and you exactly. could be, you could be the stop in that. Like I was about to. Go yeah, home I was about to go off. Right. I was about, I was about to, to go home and, and do this, and you never and know you what you day. could say. Right. You, you never know what you could say to a person. So, I think it's just that's that codependency. Like right. for me, more so. Like for right. me specifically, it's just like I gotta. I'm going to help and I'm going to be there. I'm going to be well, that at light. The, at what point does it become unhealthy, though? Because that sounds like a good trait to a me. A good trait. But now, at what, point, what point does that become unhealthy? What, at what point does it become the illness that you say it is? What, at what point do you are you doing too much mm-hmm. for others and not enough for yourself, I would say. I think... I feel like... Because that's the point I feel like I could get to if, you, if you're yeah. that kind of person. yeah. I think it's when you find yourself attracted to broken people. Uh, I'm going to fix him. I'm going to show him the light. I'm gonna like, right, how right, am right. I going to do this? Because I know I got it at me. Right. Like, it, how am I going to have him? I'm saying a lot of him. But, like, how right. am I going to have him thinking, like, I ain't never met nobody. Like, like how this, in right. my life, like. You changed me now. Yeah. I'm a changed man. Yes. I went from broken yes. now. I'm a CEO and because, like, uh, yeah. you know, she, she, <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Really? Now. Like, really? Because so, of what she did for me. I think for me, it's more so when it don't matter who the person is. <laughs> like, it don't matter. He could have been, or she, like, like I said, guys can be codependents too. So I'm going to just, I'm going to switch it up. Like, she just got out of jail for killing her ex husband. And she is on crack and she strip a little bit and prostitute on the weekends. But, but you know what? I'm going to change it. I, I see something in her. Like, that's <laughs> when it's like, that's when it's Listen, like. 
You know what Okay, I mean? you as are fellas, sick. Like, as, as, yeah, as fellas, we call that a sucker. Like, you're a sucker <laughs> for love. Like, you're just strong. And you know you what? That's when they get the little sayings Sometimes like... I think I'm a hopeless romantic. Yeah, like, that's a sucker. They say you're a sucker <laughs> for love. You know, like... But it's That's nice. all it is. But, you know, I think that... I think that it is... It is good to have those traits to want to be able to help others and bring them out of their dark places because that, I think, is a purpose for us, period, as human beings, mm-hmm. supposed to be helpful to each mm-hmm. other, help pull each other out of dark places. If everybody carried that mindset, mm-hmm. it probably wouldn't be looked at as a sickness, you know, yep. more so just commonplace on how we behave with each other. But because, because it's not passed on by everybody, when one person is doing it and they're not surrounded by other people mm-hmm. doing it for them, you start looking like a crazy person because it's like, what are you doing for yourself? You keep mm-hmm. doing this for this person and that for that for and you over here struggling. You're not doing nothing for yourself. Why you keep striving? Why you keep straining yourself to the to the? Do you know what in the book it talks about? Um, geez, what is the word? Like trying to pity yourself. Mm-hmm. Like first of all, you put yourself in the situation. You've seen like the situation. Mm-hmm. Like I just the scenario I made up. Like you knew she killed her husband. Right. And she was this. You knew. Like right. it's certain stuff. It's just like you don't have to go through it to just like I don't right. want to do it. I ain't never did heroin. I don't want right. to do it. Like, I know right. it's certain stuff. Right. I don't need don't to need act to on it. it. Exactly. Know. So, right. I feel like for codependence, it's just like, I gotta try it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I gotta see if I can. They gotta see if like, I, I, I gotta see I if gotta I can see. fix it. And it's just like, how are you gonna pity yourself hmm. when you got yourself there? Yeah. Now, you did that to yourself. Now, listen. Now, listen to exactly what you just said, right? And because how I said I want to apply my book to the to the black culture and what's going on in the black society. Do you feel like what you said applies to us as a culture? Are we codependent on the white culture? Like what you said, exactly what you just said, we can't keep we keep keep repeating the same behaviors and expecting different results. Like the peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. Like the marches. And get this governor in and hopefully get this law... And we keep hoping that's going to help a whole another race of people see us as human beings. Mm. Are we codependent in the sense that, you know, we depend on on the white race, the white race's approval in order to feel like we're worth something. So that's why we feel like we have to constantly fight for this. Or look to her to be equal with them in the society rather than, you know, just have something of our own. I feel like we gotta fight just because we just gotta fight. Like that's just like like I even mean, with yeah right. And we I just, like because we always gonna have to keep fighting. We keep I was about to say this. like literally this this system wasn't made for us. Yeah. When you look at the Constitution, you look at the people who wrote the Constitution. Yeah. They was racist as all get out. You think they wasn't putting some of that in the Constitution? To make us like, codependent. It was, they like, knew it. They it knew what like doing. so we have to fight just because we always have to fight. Right. Like I think a lot of people don't take it as serious. Like so mm-hmm. how I think that's part of you think that's part of the illness right there that they feel like some people feel like are taking it serious. And then you got those people out there that feel like, well, this is what it is in a sense. Like, we we just got to adapt and just 
you know, we we're not the we're not the majority, so we just got that to be in the minority. And I mean, it's definitely people. Ain't that booting up slave mentality? Mm-hmm. And they just like you know, like ah, whatever. Yeah. I just work the system and I just yeah. live comfortable yeah. as yeah. I possibly I mean, can. I'm not, with this. I'm not looking to strive and make this. I just you yeah. know, I'll just survive yeah. and be here. No, I don't, I don't. I don't. I mean, it's it's people out there. To answer your question, yes, it's people out there like that. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. Like I, I just think, feel like I think that's the codependency, though. That's I think that. that's. I think, like you said, it's written into constitution. It's deep. It's, 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 deep. it's very deep. It's it could be deep. a mental illness. Deep. Like it could be like we. I mean, I, I think certain certain things that African Americans have ingrained in their head is because. Like we was told, we wasn't this. We mm-hmm. wasn't that. We wasn't this. Yeah. You're not that. Yep. What you think you that do to your mind? Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you think you do exactly. to your mind? So you gotta break yeah. out of that. You gotta yeah. Like, and that's why I break that trend. I don't know. I think when they talk about like the older generation, like, oh no, they was down with that. We ain't. We gonna be some Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. Like, we trying to so. You have to, but I feel I like we trying to resurrect like, that movement. Like, I feel like there's a lot of more uh, aggressive. Yes. Political movements yeah. out there now than they, than they used to be, especially after the George Floyd killing. You know, I feel like throughout the whole two thousands, I was actually watching a movie yesterday. Um, I forget the name of it. It was with Martin Lawrence though, and he was playing like a black police officer, black mm-hmm. detective, and pretty much a lot of the hit lines he had in the movie were references to black oppression in the country mm-hmm. he was like oh I can't believe y'all didn't shoot him because the white cop got out oh with his gun gosh. in his hand he was like oh if that was me with a wallet in my hand y'all would have blasted y'all would have blasted mm-hmm. me right mm-hmm. like little references like that and that movie was made in 2003 and look at what's still going on now in 2020 it was like it was like wow not much, nothing has changed say, you saying George Floyd is when I think definitely I don't know they was protesting for Trayvon, like, and yeah. then when you look back on that, you're like, damn, that's that a, was that long ago, like, right, but, that was that long ago. But we're repeating even, the same behaviors and hoping for different results. I feel like, but I feel like now this this time around, I feel like we got a little bit different behavior going on in just the march, and you got you got a little bit more activity happening this time around. But is it more activity than what was happening in the '60s with the civil rights movement and Black mm-hmm. Panther? Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, it's like I, that I trend like, you said I that like, when you said that definition of codependency, when you keep doing the same or going back with the same person, even though oh, you break up with them, mm-hmm. right, I'm gonna go with this person, even though they got the same traits, but I can fix them. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was like spot on to what we're doing right now. It's like it's like the same thing, different. We feel like we're dating a different person or a different president or a different time period, but trying to do the same actions and we're going to keep getting the same results it's insanity so my first question but I don't want you to answer just yet is what do we do then mm-hmm. what what do we do then and before you even answer that like I said before I think I think our ancestors was more serious because they were really getting snatched from the land they said they had visuals of the people being like we don't have the same visuals that they no, had we need to be scared like, it's a little bit different for us now like they had the more visual and they had like and and they came from a, a place where they weren't treated like that mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden these people come over here taking us and treating us like this like oh no no we can't like stand for this yeah like how like, can you dare treat me like yeah, this like yeah. you know who I am like yeah. you know like and I, I have a little uh, uh, channel on YouTube I follow 
the Marxist channel, and it talks about um, it talks about uh, African history and stuff like that, and it talks about when we were kings and when we when we had kings and queens mm-hmm. and the Congo Empire and all that stuff and how slave trade began, and I feel like that kind of knowledge is stuff that we have to. That's one. That's that. I think that's when you when you're gonna ask me how do we fix it. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's step one. You gotta educate yourself. Mm-hmm. You gotta know your history. Mm-hmm. You gotta educate yourself, and you gotta know what you were and where you came from, where your people, mm-hmm. where your people came from. Mm-hmm. You know, because that gives you a sense of all right. You know, like a lot of people in white culture, they know like that my family came from Italy, this town. This I had ten generations grew up. They can trace their generation. They could go back, 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 back. For me, on Ancestry, I'm just trying to dig through my family tree now. Oh, just, every time I get a new link, I get hyped. Like, oh, mm-hmm. shit, that's another generation mm-hmm. back. Like, oh, this is where my family came from? Like, it's crazy because mm-hmm. we don't have that general knowledge in our family like mm-hmm. they do, in a sense, you mm-hmm. know? And that knowledge is important, you know, because that is, gives you... because I, I don't know. I think, like what you said, like, when you know where you come from, you act as such. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to act accordingly. Right. So, only if you knew mm-hmm. you was a king, only if you knew you was a queen, you would act as such. And right. you want to demand such. Right. So, I mean... Right, and that's what, like like you said, like, a lot of the points in the book I was reading, 33 Strategies of War, address what I think... Well, that's the main reason why I'm listening to this book, is because I want to help bring some perspective and points to people when I have discussions with them and especially when I have my kids when I'm raising them like I want to be able to give them these perspectives Mm -hmm. so they know how to approach Mm -hmm. life so one of the main aspects he says in the book is um, be strategic by having long vision and not tactical so people confuse strategy and um, tacticians strategists and tacticians to be the same thing but a tactician operates more just so right here in the now, in the mm-hmm. moment, trying to figure out how to win this current battle I'm in mm-hmm. right now. A strategist looks like, all right, how are we going to win this whole war? Like, yeah. I don't want to just win this battle. Maybe we lose this battle today, but we're going to win the next 20 mm-hmm. battles after that because we made this adjustment, mm-hmm. you know? So that's how you got to approach life in general, I feel like. So that was one, that was the one, that was number one interesting. I got like 10, 10, 10 interesting quotes I got okay. here from the book, all right? So that's, that's number one. Uh, number two is remain an individual and do not conform to society's pressures for they only place you back into the cycle. So every time you feel like, damn, everybody's against what I'm saying. Why does everybody think I'm crazy? Like Kaepernick when he takes the knee, like mm-hmm. all the people that are against him, speaking out against him, oh, how disrespectful it was to the flag. Like don't conform because mm-hmm. of that pressure around you because you know what you're doing and your yeah. soul is right. Mm-hmm. So do that, you mm-hmm. know. And now everybody else will have to start yep. to realize, yep. and everybody else yep. will start to see. So that's why I thought that was an important point right there. Um, I got another one that says, polarize people. Don't always seek the path of least resistance. I feel like people try to befriend everybody or try to say, like, you know, oh, they're not too bad. Or, you know, sometimes you got to label people as enemy, friend. So you clearly know how to approach those people in your life. Mm-hmm. When you put people in that middle gray ground, you kind of allow them to be in certain areas mm-hmm. like maybe they shouldn't be allowed into, you know. You know, it's like you got to really steadily classify people exactly. All right, that's a friend. 
that's not a friend. Somebody's like, you gotta, yeah, that's everybody's a friend. <laughs> no, exactly. Everybody can't be your friend, you know, and you know it because you know the people in your heart yep, that are not truly yep, your friends, yep. and you just don't want to define them as an enemy. But mm-hmm. ultimately, just because they're an enemy, don't mean you got to be aggressively angry towards them or anything like that. But you just know, oh, okay, this person is not the person oh my that, gosh, that's in my amazing. corner, you know. That's how okay. you gotta. That's that's an important. That's an important pack right there. I might. You might need to send me that one. <laughs> yeah, listen. I'm gonna send you this list. You're not. And friends. then you gotta also know that if you do happen to get in a clash or a battle with those people, that constant battle will help you sharpen your your life skills. Like, don't 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 fret from battle. Don't okay. fret from uh, people challenging you. Mm-hmm. Challenge. Get you get used to being challenged. Mm-hmm. Be comfortable with being challenged. Because that'll make you more comfortable in those situations going forward when it really matters, you know. Okay. This may be a small situation you get challenged in. If you're always backing up on me yep. challenges, when yep. a big challenge comes yep. off, you definitely yep. gonna back up, yep. you know. So it's like you just got to keep practicing, like, all right, take on this little challenge, take on this little challenge. Mm-hmm. Especially when you know you're doing something in the right, you know. Yeah. Yep. You know, when you're wrong, you're in the wrong. But when you do something <laughs> in the right, take on the challenge, mm-hmm. you know. Why not? <laughs> um, it says, this is a quote from Sun Tzu. There's a lot of quotes from Sun, from Sun Tzu in that book. But this is one of the ones I got. It says, don't depend on the enemy not coming. Depend on being prepared for him. You know, so it was like, you know, some people put themselves in in positions in life where they feel like, okay, I'm safe in this area and uh, mm-hmm. my enemy's not going to come for mm-hmm. me here. I'm safe. Mm-hmm. But instead of living life like that, you kind of just need to be out and doing what you need to do, but always have that sense of, all right, the enemy's coming. I'm always prepared for my enemy to attack me. Like, it sounds like anxiety. Yeah, you know, you know, it's all, yeah. Oh, that does sound, like, sound like anxiety. I'm like, wait, do I want to do that? Because. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You're right. It does, okay. I'm not going to lie. It does sound like a little like anxiety. Like, you're almost ready. But I feel like that's almost not, not if you take it. Because it, it's good anxiety. Yeah, I feel like there's like good stress and bad stress. Like you can okay. put good, you can put okay. good stress on yourself. Okay. okay. Because it talks about that. That's another problem we get to later on. But you can put good stress on yourself because good stress is something you put on yourself. Maybe when you feel like you're getting lax or you're getting too comfortable, mm-hmm. you apply good stress to yourself to okay. make yourself get active, make something mm-hmm. happen. You know, put yourself in a pressure situation so you start making things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, so I feel like it's the same thing That's with true. that with the anxiety. You know, you gotta. You gotta gotta always be prepared for something that's coming, because even if it's not there necessarily, you know, always be prepared for your enemy, because they're always lurking. You know, they said the devil's always busy. You know. Look, I like it, but I just keep thinking about anxiety. anxiety. Like, <laughs> I don't want it to come. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this next one is knowledge. I like this one right here. This is deep. It says knowledge is not what is lacking. It is not being in tune with the present moment. So, she says, so sometimes pretty much people sit around and they be like, damn, I would have, if only I knew better, I would have did better. So, Mm -hmm. I need to just study more Mm -hmm. and then I'll go ahead and approach the situation later down the road, you know? But sometimes it's like, it's the fact that you just weren't in tune with the present moment, which is why you didn't accomplish Mm -hmm. what you needed to accomplish. Maybe you were too worried about something that happened in the past or to you're not you're not in tune with living in the present moment and knowing what's happening in the present, you know? Okay. Especially once you make your strategy, you strategize and you, once you're in the moment and things are happening, 
you gotta best just live in the moment. Sometimes you gotta adapt your strategy, but mm-hmm. you can only do that if you're living in the moment. Yep. Some people okay. like stick real strong headed to their strategy yep. no matter what's happening. But sometimes you gotta adapt based on what's happening yep. around you, you know? So you gotta be present in the moment as well. Okay. So I thought that was a real interesting one. And this one is this one is links to codependency. And this is probably one of the main aspects and main reason why codependency exists is that emotions are stronger than the mind. So internal discipline and toughness are the only way to overcome. So this helps create a presence of mind over emotional responses. So you got to create a presence of mind. So you got to, the emotions there is strong, it's powerful. You know what you feel, but you got to have your presence of mind over the emotion. Mm-hmm. And the more you do that, the more you be able to, to, to focus your, your your energies and what you're doing into what you want to be doing and need to be doing. You know. I feel like you know. I feel like that's what I'm learning now. Like it really, it really just gotta be mine. It gotta be mine because if I start keep falling emotion, apart, like yeah, I'm just, gonna be all over. Yeah. And I be back to thinking like, oh, sad, picky mm-hmm. me. Like why me? No. Like why is this happening to me? And no. it's just like. Because you knew, like, he wasn't thinking, and he wasn't, and you like... Knew and your mind kicks yeah. in and tells you, yeah, it explains it all. Kicking. It explains then, it all to you, like, you like, knew mind, better. Where was you at when right. I was, like... When yeah, I was going so, through this, yeah, like, yeah, no. Like, it was there, it was just your emotions were stronger. <laughs> yep, and you yep, couldn't hear your mind, yep. so your emotions speaking much louder than your mm-hmm. mind. So, it's oh about God, like how you that. gotta turn the volume down, you gotta turn that emotional volume down. Because oh I really feel like that's me now, like... It really would be situations where I probably, like... A few years ago, I probably would Mm-hmm. I would have did that, but now I'm just like I don't care. Like, yeah, yeah, you no. got you. Like, got I, don't care, yeah, like I don't even care. Yeah, it's like I don't even care to risk certain things. Right. Certain things are not worth. worth it. ri- it's it's not. not. It's not worth it at all. Not worth like it. that little bit of fun is really not mm-hmm. worth it. Nope. Like that is it's really not worth it. And yep. that's, that's what my mind's saying. Yep. But my heart. But it really is stronger now. Like mm-hmm. it really is to the point where it's just. And like, that's it's a constant. It's a constant battle because I feel like I see people in the fifties and sixties still going through that battle, like mm-hmm. trying to battle what their emotions are telling them to do. Mm-hmm. But you see it in older people. They just get more tuned in their mind because they made the emotional mistakes so many times, mm-hmm. probably. Yep. They're just like, all right, I'm tired, of, I'm tired of getting my ass whipped by this emotional mistake, so I'm just going to do what I know is best. And then they try to speak the knowledge to us as younger people sometimes, and we be like, oh, come on now. Mm-hmm. What are they talking about, man? But they know because they went through a lot of it already. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, yep. like I said, experience yep. is the best teacher. You got to go through the experience yourself. And Can I link that to this? Yeah. Oh, because what? Um, darn, I just lost my train of thought. Say what you just said again. <laughs> I'm saying we don't listen to the older folks sometimes. No, before that. Before that, I don't know. What I said. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just I'm lost my train. You. you know what I think? What? I was trying to respond. Because I, I caught it. I'm like, it's going to leave my mind. Like, if I don't think Oh, I'm yeah, you got to respond. When you feel it, oh respond. Gosh. Cut me off. Don't feel the to cut me off. Cut me off. Go ahead. It's fine. I'm a train of thought. I'll pick up trains of thought all the time. I was going to say, it'll, it'll come. It'll just come. But um, the, the next quote I was going to say is, unlimited possibilities are not suited for man. If existed, your life would be consumed by the boundless. To become strong, you must be free-spirited and is only obtained by finding your purpose and limiting yourself to focusing on that purpose. So, saying that all this uh, free will, in a sense, freedom of 
I could choose exactly exactly what I want to do. Mm-hmm. All this, all these options I have out there, that's a burden. That's, that's like you're putting yourself and you start pulling yourself in so many different directions. Oh, I can do this. Oh, I can also do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I can also do this. Let me try a little bit of this too. You know, you start pulling yourself in all these different areas and you have no focus. Mm-hmm. And you yep. know, you start. He's like the jack of all trades, master of none, kind of. Yep. You know, yep. that's what yep. you become. So it's saying like you gotta just, you gotta focus yourself. And and find purpose in your life. Once you find that purpose, and then you start focusing on that purpose and keep your focus there. You know, you can enjoy the little things, you know, the other little things you enjoy as hobbies and all that stuff, but your main focus needs to be what you know your purpose is. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people struggle just to find their purpose. You know what's so crazy? Now I gotta cut you off. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's one of the things that I've been like praying for recently. Like, let let me see exactly my what my purpose mm. is because I feel like it's so many things, like you said. Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, like, yeah, I feel yeah. like there's so many things I'm good at, but it's yeah. just like, is you that are. what my heart's in, though? Right. Like, is that what my heart's Because right. if my heart is not in it, like, I'm going to quit. Yeah, like, I'm going to quit on it. Off. So I'm like, just let me know exactly what, what it is you want in. me to do. Like, and exactly. what your heart's in is something that has been trending in parts of your life. If you just really look back and pay attention, you naturally do it. Mm-hmm. And you just got to focus around what profession is that? Mm-hmm. What job is that necessarily? What do I cons- what do I enjoy pe- if I enjoy fixing people, what is the fixing I, people job? I, what is the job of fixing people? My master you is know? psychology. So, like, that's, right. that's I mean, that's my um that's your major, right? That's my major. So okay, that's, so, that's my major, right? So, but now I'm starting to think like if I become Psychiatrist, I'm be helping all these people. That's not gonna be good for me. Like they could be calling me on the side. Like, can you give me some money? I'll be like, no. I'll be like, yeah, because I'm a codependent. Like, I'm like, maybe this is not right for me. Maybe this is not the path for me. Maybe I should help people in another way. And that's what I'm saying. Like, because I'm helping you too. Yeah, you know. Maybe it sounds like you could be more like of a of a big charity person. Like, you know, start your own charity. You know, I honestly was thinking. Something that way you where it's kind of your job to give away everything you have, you know. I gotta have some money. You know. <laughs> I gotta no, but I honestly. But there's people thinking. that run charities. See, that's what we can sit down and talk because there's people that run charities. This is important for black business collaboration and knowledge collaboration. There's a lot of, I guess you call them, um, yeah, fundraising companies and charity. I guess not for profit companies yeah. that you operate in. The people make a lot of money in not profit companies. Mm-hmm. They got damn sure a lot of money, a lot of money, and you also get a lot of tax breaks being a nonprofit company. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> has a nonprofit like it's called Open Arms Ministry. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's a ministry, and we fell off on it. We did fall off on it, but literally every Saturday, I used to be so mad. Like it's Saturday day, like I don't want to be doing don't, this. But we was down in Love Park feeding homeless every single Saturday, waking up buying loaves of bread, making Lord. sandwiches, waters, Beautiful. like making. Oh my god! I was so I would get an attitude like mm-hmm. that. I don't want to go feed right. the homeless people every Saturday, and he made us go. No. Like you ain't have no choice. No choice. You ain't have you no have choice. Go. You are going. You have, like, so you think that you think that can play into your want to help other people? You think that? I want to be there. <laughs> like, you think like, that I, like subconsciously, because like it was the same thing when I felt like I was coming up, going into the office with my dad. Doing real estate, answering the phone. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. I don't want to do real estate. But now as I get older, I see the best. I'm like, damn, that's good that I did that stuff. Like, I, that's something I could incorporate into my professional so, repertoire, you know? The book talks about this also. Like, where 
like I guess your codependency can stem from and not mm-hmm. like not where you're but like just yeah. people period um she was talking about like just habits or morals or standards that you hold and she specifically talked about religion mm. now me when I think about it I'm like okay Jesus was helping everybody <laughs> mm-hmm. he said be selfish. kind to your neighbors he said be kind selfish. to your enemies he said yeah. he would Selfless. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I took that the wrong way. I think, I think, I think I, I really think because like I was What's, raised in the church. My mom is a deaconess. My dad is a deacon. What's the wrong way to take that though? I think it's only the wrong way because of what my man said in the book is the societal pressures around you that's saying why are you doing so much? No, why are you harm- so? No, no, no. Why it you- really is harmful. Why, why? No, it is harmful because it's like. So, like, like I told you, she talks about alcoholics. Mm. And when I gave you my def- definition, I said it's obsessive and it's co- controlling. Mm. One thing I didn't, like, realize about codependents are we are controlling. Uh. And the crazy thing is I would say that all the time. Like, just in my normal talk, mm. before I even had a term to mm. put to how mm. I act. Like, control. now I have a term. I was like, like, with guys every day, like, I'm very... I'm very controlling. Uh, like, it's my way or how uh, Or I would just be like, I'm bossy. Mm. Like, and that's just, I am bossy. Like, right. it's because we, number one, we think we know best. And number two, it's just like that, I'm trying to help you. Do you not understand I'm this? I'm trying to help you. Do this now. I'm like, this is you. the, like, like, follow me. I know the way. Right. Like, seriously, right. like, it really right. is right. that. And that's when it becomes obsessive. Sure. And it becomes unhealthy because mm-hmm. it's like, someone on drugs. Mm-hmm. What's gonna make them get off? Right. They they gotta want to get off. Right. Themselves. Codependence. You could be there to support them through their journey, but you're not gonna make them. You're gonna lock them in a room and. <laughs> Codependence. Seek after people who don't even want their help. Yeah. That's unhealthy as well. Right. Because then that's where that pity factor comes in. Right. You're like, why did you do this to right. me? Why did you? Th- I didn't ask for, for your, your help. help. Right. I didn't. I didn't. I told you. I'm good. I'm, I'm not. Alone, right? yeah, I t- this I told you. Right. So that's when it becomes where it's just like that is unhealthy. You don't do that to yourself. Like it's it, it really is. It's very it's very controlling. But it's just like you're not listening to me. So I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. It's, I'm trying to tell you I'm trying to make you get a different definition of this because it's it's not just like I depend on you it's just like I, it's a need to fix you and that makes me feel like I'm doing something right like it makes and me and the way I'm gonna go about it you gotta listen to everything I say as I'm trying to fix you I mean cause it's simple so. like, like if, if I was sitting next to if I to fail it, at this I was just like, like I can't fail at this so. no it's like it's like an alcoholic mm-hmm. okay um stop drinking like, that's what you're going to tell them. Stop drinking. Right. And then when they go drink, you're going to go crazy. Because right. you just keep drinking. Right. And it's just like, it don't work like that. They got to want to stop drinking. Right. You can't, it's nothing you huh. can do about that. The codependency thing. I think uh, you're helping me get a different perspective and on I it. Really, and that's, that really was my point. That really was like my purpose and my point. Because it's not... It really is just like I'm. I, I really, yeah, you help me get a. I think yes. I think I'm understanding this yes. a little more of. Uh, and that's why it's like unhealthy. as the approach of this and it's, why it's so unhealthy. It's it's very very unhealthy. That's why when you were saying earlier, like is it healthy to be a little bit? No, because codependence in itself is just like it's it's, it's 
time. Like, because if you're doing what I was describing as doing, then you're not a codependent. Mm-mm. That's a whole Mm-mm. different term for Mm-mm. what you're doing. And that's why I said, it's don't, a different term. don't use codependent and caretaking interchangeably. Yes, completely don't different. Them, don't use them interchangeably. Caretaking is just an aspect of codependence. It's just, and that's One why I said, aspects. it's so complex. Right, it's so, right. It really is so complex right. because. I'm with you though. I, it really, I it really. Uh, oh my god, this hey. book is so good. That's why when I was talking to you, I was like, "Oh my hey. gosh, this book is coming at my neck." Like, yeah, this is, is but that's what that's me. what you need then. If it's something that's unhealthy, then that's what you need to break it. So you need to read things like that. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like I'm. I was in the. Um, I would never say. I was in the unhealthy mindset of being in the cycle of what's going on in society because I always have a wanted to be a business owner mindset mm-hmm. and to not necessarily feel like I have to depend on anybody else to achieve or accomplish things for my family or acquire wealth mm-hmm. and I want my wealth to be making itself in a sense. But I felt like I was dependent in the sense that it was saying that to do that I'm gonna have to go ahead and maybe partner with uh with somebody that's powerful in the white mm-hmm. community to help me get there. Like now I don't see it that way. Now I understand that there's plenty of wealth in our communities to help me build my empire and focus my my drive and maybe my financial focus into the black community mm-hmm. because that's where I want the wealth building to be occurring. Mm-hmm. So if I take my business and I start my business and I go to be a financial advisor for all different cultures and races, which is what I, I am going to do but my main focus is going to be in the black community. Mm-hmm. So I got to remain that way and keep that and know that that's the, that's the goal of my mm-hmm. business and keep that focus and not be changed by societal pressures that will be like, oh, why are you serving mostly only the black community? Mm-hmm. You know, right now it may be okay. People won't say anything because of the movement we have going yeah. on. But over time, people convert back mm-hmm. to their ways and once they see you operate in a certain way or they feel slighted in any kind of way, they'll start feeling those things towards you, you know? But you got to remain true to your core and what you were doing. But, um... I think that's another thing, like, where I say, like, our generation, like, us, like we not as serious as no, our ancestors. We not serious. No, like, we, we straight go right playing. back. Like, even when I think about, like, when they boycotted the bus, they ain't ride the bus for a year. Right. Like, a whole year. And that may seem like nothing. Because, what, we can talk time. for a year... No, they was walking. Like, and they wasn't, like, even people would be like, stop buying Gucci. Stop buying. They can't do that. They can't do it. For the week, for two weeks, for three, for a month, they can't do it. Like, these people were walking for a year to the point where, like, the bus company is about to, like, go downhill. Like, we got to shut the buses down because we don't have your, we don't do that. No. We don't don't have that that level of, we feel like, I feel like we have, um, we have too much information flooding our minds and our culture to have that level of focus now. You know, like, we could have that focus for a minute on something if everybody's really behind mm-hmm. it and pumping it on social media yeah. and blocking out everything else with that. But once the momentum slows down and the rest of the media starts slowing in, mm-hmm. start getting distracted again, coronavirus, and then everything starts pulling you away from your focus. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of everything. Yep. And that's the whole point of the system that they and created. It's just so many levels of distraction and, mm-hmm. and resistance and, and oppression that you can keep fighting, but it's going to take such a rally and a consistent rally yep. Yep. to and make something, to make yep. progress. Mm-hmm. And I, 
what you were saying earlier, like what what can we do? Some one of the books I'm reading is um, Power Nomics by Dr. Claude Anderson. It really gives a real good step by step definition on what we need to be doing as a community to relinquish ourselves of dependency on the white community. Mm-hmm. Like we need to really be developing our own communities, like the Black Wall Streets were doing, like the Harlem's are, like the Harlem's were back in the day. Like we had communities, and we fell into the trap of integration and wanting to integrate and needing to integrate our schools and feeling like that was necessary when really as a single unit we were actually progressing much more in our communities and developing more businesses and more ownership through having our own communities you know I feel like that same mindset of ownership could take place now without having kind of what they had before with the segregation we could be integrated but we have to change our mindsets like we got to want to be owners of everything that we have mm-hmm. and we have to be focused on consuming only within our communities like the Asians do like the Jews do like mm-hmm. all these other communities mm-hmm. do nobody says anything it's just okay whatever mm-hmm. you know that's the community you buy in yeah. you have your Chinatown that's where you have <laughs> you, that's where most of your people live mm-hmm. and that's where you know, maybe you have exclusive rents to only you only rent to Chinese people in Chinatown. You know, maybe they have certain clauses in their rent that don't say that exactly, but they're pretty much uh, running their neighborhoods in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're the owners of the buildings, they're the owners of the stores, and all that. So we need to just follow that same platform. I feel like and just focus on building our own communities. And uh, like my guy said in the book, what does it say at the end here? This is my last point. It says. I feel like this is where we're in right now. It says, place yourself in desperate desperate situations to force your creativity and lack of hesitation. So, in order to stop hesitating on maybe we should do this. Like, being in a desperate situation, putting yourself in the corner, you don't have time to think, maybe I should do this. You just act. Like, this is what I need to do. This is what we're going to do. If it don't work, it don't work. But I know we need to do something. So, this is what we're moving to do. You know, like... Maybe it's not the perfect community. Maybe our communities won't be the most well put together at mm-hmm. first, but we need to start something. Mm-hmm. We need to start making a move. I feel like we've been backed into a corner now. Like We need to start doing things. Like mm-hmm. We need to start making radical moves. And you see a lot of people out there doing that. Got the athletes making their organizations, trying to get behind, pushing people to vote, but... You know, what is the community behind mm-hmm. that? Like, I want land. We got to pick a physical place where we are, a physical community. Like, this state is ours. Like, this is where, you know, people feel that way about Atlanta. So, my question is, like, having that mindset. Mm-hmm. What's the thin line between that mindset and being, like, low-key racist? Like, or not racist, more so, like, you look like you talk about segregation. Like, what you trying to do? Like, what right, is the right, difference? Right. Like, so so that you don't build well, a mindset where it's just like, now I hate white people. Now I hate, like. Yeah, it's not necessarily building the mindset of anybody hating anybody. It's more so self-love. So you're building the mindset of self-love, not hate. You're not saying mm-hmm. we got to hate the white man. Let's mm-hmm. just love ourselves more, you know? Focus on loving ourselves more. Focus on pouring money into your community more. Focus on buying from your brothers more. Focus on, 
you know, it's not necessarily I hate white communities. Like, if they want to come in and buy from us as well, they can too. I'm not going to stop them from buying from me. But, you know, I'm going to focus on my... Like, but are we selling any of their stuff? No. Yeah, listen, listen. We're trying, we're, trying to sell my, we're trying to sell my brother's stuff because I want to help him bring him money. Listen, okay. it's about self-love, you know. That's what, that's what they'll try to turn it into. They'll try to say it's reverse racism or hate. Then that's the... That's the, that's, that's the, the what they spew out there to to start breaking down what mm-hmm. we're doing is breaking down mm-hmm. those communities and make you feel like damn we doing this is kind of a little race no mm-hmm. they do it's that's all around us mm-hmm. everywhere else so every so every time we start a little something now it's got to be reverse racism mm-hmm. which is not even possible <laughs> for black people to do because black people can't be racist mm-hmm. and people say oh what are you talking about black people can't be racist you gotta know the definition of racism mm-hmm. to know I, that black know people can't be I racist. I said it to my mom, and I was like, like "Mom, don't have that slave mentality." Yeah, black people, people can't be like, racist. Like we cannot. We, we don't even have enough power in yeah, this racist culture. Say, power, we yes. don't have enough. We don't hold enough wealth and power mm-hmm. in today's society to be racist. We couldn't even try to be racist if we wanted to. <laughs> we could try our hardest. They go like, "Oh, okay." Like, what? I'll just go over here and get this. Like, yes, you can't. You're yes. not stopping me from doing uh-huh. this. Like, you can't stop me from doing anything. Like, <laughs> so I, on 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 the contrary. The white race has the power and mm-hmm. power structures in place to really impede us from making progress yeah. and getting yep. loans yep. and doing. Yep. They yep. have they own the banks and that's what I'm saying. Like building your own communities, like building your own black banks and supporting mm-hmm. and everybody when you get your paychecks, having your accounts in those banks. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're supporting the money flow through those, thus making them bigger banks in the future. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep growing and be able to compete with these other banks. Mm-hmm. But if you don't start that. And you don't start doing that now. You keep buying the Gucci and the Louis and the people that don't pour any kind of money into your communities and just keep their money to themselves and their families and pouring wealth into their, their communities and buying their real estate for their people. Like, you're just going to... We will stay in the same trap. So I think that's what my purpose in reading this book is. Like, third three strategies of war is necessary for what we're in right now because it's a war. Mm-hmm. What people don't want to call it that. It's, it is what it is. It's a war. Like, <laughs> it's a race war. Like, like, okay. People don't want to say those kind of things because it's like, it's like, oh my God, what do you mean? What do you, like, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. that's, that's what it is at yep. the end of the day. Like, and the more we start making progress, the more you'll see the ugly head of the other side start rearing itself to defend mm. its, to defend its mm-hmm. policies and protect itself. Yep. They'll start coming out stronger yep. and stronger and more aggressive. Yep. You know, you'll see it. You see it now. I was going to say, you see it. You see it now. You see it now. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, that was okay. That was good. So, I think we had a good talk. That That was good. good. That was a good discussion. We got to do some more reading. I think next time I'm going to come with Powernomics as my next book I'm going to bring to the table to discuss more of those things. All right. What's your next book going to be? I don't know. um, Since you're talking about, like, the community stuff, maybe I'll do, like, a... Mental health in a okay. community. Yeah, maybe, maybe that'd be a good combo right there. We don't talk about that. I think that's a good combination. We need to talk about that. We do. We do. That's so that'll be me. I'm gonna try to find a book. I'm gonna try to find a book on that. And no then we'll see because I don't no have pressure. a book. Just yeah. Next month. Just, next month. I'll give okay. you a whole month. I'll give you a month to find it, start reading, get some good points and all that. Okay. You know, all right, you read fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you told me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Thank you for joining.